What is going on, beautiful people? It is your boy, Jesse, a.k.a. Jesse Prada, and you are listening to the Christ Convo Podcast, where we inspire you to live the best way you can for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope this episode blesses you. Without further ado, let's get into it, y'all. Yo, yo, yo. What is going on, saints? It is your boy, Jesse Prada, with another episode on the Christ Convo Podcast. And I have another special guest here with me today. I'm going to introduce him, and then I'm going to let him introduce himself, because I have the pleasure of doing it first. So, y'all, I have my boy, Tuan, on my podcast he is a brother to me. I love him dearly. He is a very, very sobering voice. He knows a lot, but he's very quiet. And if you pull on him, you'll get a lot of wisdom. Um, I honor and am inspired by his relationship with the Lord. Um, he has a power, powerful testimony. He might not share all of it, but he got some stories. So I'm excited for what this conversation holds. This is nothing planned. We're just going to flow. But yeah, Tuan. Hello. My God. Who are you? Where are you from? <laughs> well, first, before I introduce myself, I want to say thank you to the one and only oh, gosh. Jesse Prada oh, Lord. for uh, thinking of me um, to be a part of this amazing podcast. It's been a long time coming. We were supposed to do this a long time we ago. We were. Yeah. But the time is right now, so my God. we're doing it now. But uh, my name is Tuan D. Stinson. I hail all the way from the great state of Michigan. Mm. Um, I am a full-time college student uh, studying business management and administration at Eastern Michigan University. Uh, currently a senior, preparing to graduate pretty, pretty soon. Um, what else about me? I love the Lord. Yeah. As, as Jesse mentioned, um, I loved music. I love to eat. I love to travel. I love my family. I'm a pretty laid back and chill dude. So yeah. that's a little bit about me. That's what's up. So what are you majoring in, in college? Business management and administration. What, um, led you to that decision? So, um, because... I am a multifaceted person, I would mm -hmm. say. Um, there's a lot of things that I could do, and so it was always hard for me to find one thing to actually do. Um, and so when it came to college, I started off in, uh, I was going to go to college to be, uh, actually, I was going for engineering, mechanical engineering. Are you serious? <laughs> I was going to go for engineering. Um, wow. I was in an engineering program in high school, and... I just didn't like it. So um, actually, I ended up getting into the business aspect of things through a prophetic word. Um, oh, a wow. pastor at a church that I was at, he prophesied and told me, you know, some things concerning finance, which bore witness with my spirit. <clears throat> Excuse me, because there were some things that, you know, as it relates to finance that I was interested in. And so started off with finance and went maybe three to four years majoring in finance. And then um, I just felt led to just switch it to business management because business management is it's it's broad. And me being that multifaceted person, there's so much that I can do mm -hmm. with just business administration and management. So that's why I chose it. Already. That's dope because your college experience and what you decided to study in school was based off of what you've heard from the Lord. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of rare. Like, mm -hmm. from what I've noticed from my walk and things of that nature, I have some friends that it came about like that. But really, a lot of college students, they go into things, what looks the most attractive or the most lucrative and things of that nature. And don't get me wrong, you can make a lot of money with business and administration. Mm -hmm. But I don't really hear as frequently as I should, especially for believers, as to 
why they go into something whereas they receive an instruction from the Lord telling them to do that mm -hmm. so in regards to your journey as a student obviously when you include God in those kinds of things you get a different outcome mm -hmm. versus someone who just goes about the journey mm -hmm. so what was that like for you being a senior now um it was it was very interesting um one being because like you mentioned when you put god in it and you lead and you mm -hmm. let god lead you mm -hmm. um, and you follow the leading of the holy spirit um honestly a lot of it just boils down to purpose yeah and the reason why you exist and the reason why you're here and i think that once you know your purpose um, and you start to learn more about your purpose your purpose it it's in everything that you do mm -hmm. and so you know going through that journey you know finding out who i was who i was in god and you know really um identifying and having that self-awareness of my strengths my weaknesses my interests and all of that um it, it, it's, it's self-discovery and so now that i'm a senior I'm starting to see that a lot of what I'm studying as it relates to my major is actually pointing back to who I am and who I'm actually called to be in mm -hmm. the earth. Wow. So it goes it goes a lot deeper than just I'm going to college for this. Yeah. <laughs> but if you really, you know, um allow you know what you're going to school for to line up with the purpose that God has for your life, it will reveal so much about you and so much about, you know, what God wants to do through you. Mm. And so that's one thing that as a senior coming to the end of my college career, I'm starting to see that even the things that I'm learning in school are the things that are going to help me in life. Mm. That's good. I like how you said helped you in life. I think, um, Sometimes we can disassociate being stable in life mm -hmm. away from God being pleased. Right. Or we act as if because we are spiritual, because we're a prophetic and apostolic people. My Lord. That the basics of being able to sustain yourself in just natural life um, are things that God is not concerned about. Mm -hmm. And I think going to college you know simple things learning how to talk mm -hmm. expanding my vocabulary correct looking professional being a man of my word showing up on time early to interviews mm -hmm. being disciplined and handing in assignments early just regular things mm -hmm. that college has taught me it it showed me how much god was in that Mm -hmm. Just like he's in, you know, worshiping mm -hmm. in a church mm -hmm. or leading intercession on a mic. Mm -hmm. He's also in me learning how to function as an adult. Correct. In society. That's good. And when when you talk about that, I think that college is a great experience mm -hmm. and it's something that I've learned as well. So I wanted to ask you, you talked about how, you know, self-discovering the things that you're learning are pointing back to who you are and mm -hmm. who God has purposed you to be. Mm -hmm. Do you have any specific stories of where God revealed like specific situations to you that correlated to your identity and your purpose? Sure. Um, being a young leader, um, and God has blessed me to, you know, um, be in leadership at a young age um, and, and lead people and lead organizations and, and do different things. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I always noticed when it came to organizational uh, development or even being a part of certain organizations is that I always noticed the problems. Mm and the flaws in certain things mm -hmm. and it was a battle because i'm like <laughs> i want to be optimistic and i want to be positive you know mm -hmm. you don't always want to be that person that notices the negative and everything but i really had to take it back to the lord why am i noticing what's wrong more mm -hmm. than i'm noticing what's right yeah and the lord kind of began to speak to me and show me that 
The reason being is because I am called to bring solution to problems. Mm-hmm. And so I was always that person that when I when we were faced with the challenge, when, when there was an issue, I'm like, OK, here's the issue. So let's let's create a strategy that brings solution. Hmm. So in regards to that, do you feel like with your college journey, do you think it correlates to what God may have you to do in the church? Absolutely. In what way? Ooh. So. <laughs> Um, well, I'll start off in, in the business realm and then I'll move in, into the, the sector of the church. Mm-hmm. But, you know, one of my aspirations is to go into consulting, um, business consulting and financial planning and things like that to offer solutions mm-hmm. um, and answers to business owners, to individuals, to families, to communities. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's one of the ways in, in the business realm. Mm-hmm. Um, in the church, hmm. of course, and I'm saying that uh, it's interesting that I'm saying this, but I am called to the prophetic, as we know. My God. And so <laughs> I believe that one of my assignments um, in the church is to direct the people of God back to the foundation and to repair those faulty foundations as That's it relates good. to being a Christian, That's our good. Christian walk, our Christian faith, Christian living, all of the things that correlate with that. Yeah. And so I believe that that's one of the things that's that I'm good. called to do in the church. So um, you spoke about finances and I wanted to ask, do you remember what initiated your interest? Was it something you saw? Was it an experience that you had that made you interested in finances and like teaching it or consulting? I would say um, what led me to finance was actually my life experience growing up and mm-hmm. the lack of finance okay. and the lack of financial literacy mm-hmm. um, and seeing how, you know, I grew up. And how things were, and then just observing um, how things are with the African American community and financial literacy. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, that's a problem. Yeah. So I'm interested in this. So let me apply myself to to education so that I can offer solution. Back to the problem and solution. Yeah. Thing. So sort of like you're being the solution mm-hmm. to the problem that you notice. Mm-hmm. Um, was I going to say? I just had a question. It just slipped my mind. Um, in regards to your upbringing, mm-hmm. did anybody teach you about finances? Um, I would say I learned about finances from the mistakes of others. Okay. <laughs> uh, I didn't necessarily now that I'm, I'm getting older and I'm you know I have mentors and things like that yes but mm-hmm. when I was younger no I kind of learned you know by what people did that mm-hmm. didn't work yeah you know so I kind of and I'm seeing that too I, I kind of the way I learn things is I learn from people on you know what not to do so that's kind of how I learned okay yeah now I'm going to take it to the spiritual side now. Okay. When did you get saved? I got saved when I was 11 years old. Okay. Um, What was that experience like? I remember it like it was yesterday. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because it was the day that my life changed forever, still to this day. Um. I am the great grandson of a pastor, um, a pastor who pastored for about 50 years before he passed. And so, um, you know, growing up in church, you know, church, Yeah. you know, all my fam, most of my family goes to church, you know, my aunts and my uncles and my grandmother who raised me in the church and my uncle who was an example, um, things like that. And so you grew up in church, you know how to play church, you know everything about church. 
the ins and the outs, especially when you come from a person that is a pastor. You yeah. yourself, you're a PK. So you <laughs> so you understand the ins and the outs, yeah. you know. You see beyond what people see on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. Yeah. And so knowing all of that, you can still not really be a part of the church. Hmm. You can be in the church and not even know God. Yeah. And so it was at that moment when I was 11, which is young, honestly, was when I had that encounter with the Lord. Mm. And I, 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 I knew him for myself. Yeah. Instead of just going to church, I actually knew him. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, uh, it was a Wednesday night. Wednesday night Bible study service in November of 2010. And uh, I was in a youth, was in the youth Bible study and they dismissed us to go back to the main sanctuary. And I went in the sanctuary and under the power of the Holy Ghost, the pastor at the time, he called up the young people to the altar. And, you know, I didn't really know what I was getting myself into, but I uh, walked up to the altar and my heart was open and I just received him and I was filled with the Holy ghost at the same time. Wow. And so after that, it all went blank from there, but (laughs) that was my experience. That's powerful. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to your church experience, could you just talk about, and it could be anything good, bad, Mm -hmm. but like being in church, you know, for a while, you just notice things. What have you noticed about the church? What have I noticed about the church? Um, honestly, to go back to the previous point that I just said was we have become so caught up in the motions of church mm-hmm. and in the routine of church, yeah, which kind of gets into religion. You know, mm-hmm. because religion is simply routine with no effectiveness. Yeah. And so um, that's good. We get into that and there's no relationship mm-hmm. or we become so accustomed to our expression of church. Yeah. Our expression of praise and worship, preaching and teaching and all of that. And um we limit our relationship to God based on that. Yeah. Which restrict restricts us from the possibilities of the supernatural. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, but it all boils down to relationship. And I think that's something that has been stressed and is being stressed. Yeah. Um, over the last 10 years, in the next 10 years, even now relationship with Jesus Mm. relationship with Jesus because when you beyond relationship with Jesus beyond church beyond where you are now beyond what you see because there is a difference between a church relationship with God and a personal relationship with God yeah a lot what I've noticed is a lot of people have that church relationship with God and so they get filled up on church and when they go home there's nothing yeah they don't pray, they don't worship, they don't have devotional life. And so, really, we become a bunch of spiritual junkies because yeah. we go to church week after week and we get our high and then we go home and it's like, yeah. eh, well, I got to get back to church. Yeah, You know, church is just a supplement Yeah, to enhance yeah. the relationship that you already have. That's good. I was in prayer one day and the Lord told me, he said, um, he's making his children spiritual owners Mm. and i was like what what does that mean Mm -hmm. and he began to talk to me about how he was grieved about how a lot of people they use the experience of another person Mm. to get in his presence Mm -hmm. um and it happens all the time at church Mm -hmm. you know when we when somebody grabs the mic Mm -hmm. shifts the atmosphere and the whole church just goes into a worship or a praise or whatever. Mm-hmm. And honestly, some of that might even just be emotion mm-hmm. and just the heat of the moment. Right. Rather than the authentic presence of God. Correct. But when when you are an authentic carrier, you don't need anyone else. Mm-hmm. And I just went home for a visit. And that was just something that God taught me. And I spoke about it on my last podcast. 
because being around community so much, it it's good. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we should negate community. Mm-hmm. I think accountability is a good thing. And I think it's necessary for the Christian walk. Absolutely. However, I do believe that there are seasons mm-hmm. where we need to be alone with God. Mm-hmm. And in order, in order for us to get to a place spiritually to where we only depend on him, we actually have to be in that place. Mm-hmm. And I think that if we are always consistently surrounded by other Christians, we won't be in that place mm-hmm. because we can rely on, you know, a brother or a sister in Christ. And rather than coming to them for fellowship or for community, it turns into a form of reliance and dependency. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah, you know, you touched on a great point um, because <clears throat> I actually made a post today speaking about that. I woke up this morning and I have these morning thoughts that usually come to me. I, I don't, mean, he gets them. <laughs> I don't always put them out, but I'm a thinker. So I, I think about a lot. And um, one thing that came to me was when Jesus, you see a few times in scripture when Jesus departed from the multitude. Mm-hmm. And the Bible talks about how he went somewhere either to just be alone or to pray. Yeah. And I made a um, post today. I put it on Facebook and Instagram. By the way, um, you can follow me on Instagram at Tuan D. Stinson, T-U-A-N, the letter D, Stinson, S-T-I-N-S-O-N, all lowercase, one word. You can uh, find me on Facebook at Tuan D. Stinson. God bless you. But uh, (laughs) shameless plug. But... um, the post said, never seek identity in the multitude. Wow. Never seek identity in the multitude. And we, even growing up in church and being in community, like you said, it's all great. But we can get so caught up in that, that we begin to lose ourselves or not even come into the knowledge of who we are because in groups there's something called group think mm. you know what i'm saying yeah so now everybody has the same pattern of thinking the same pattern of thought and then you start to take on the same identity mm-hmm. when really the power of community is individuality yes we're all different. And so now when the, all of the differences come together, that's where the power is. That's good. Mm. And so um, in the post, you know, talking about, you know, Jesus, even he understood that, you know what? I need to take some alone time and depart. Yeah. And I was reading in John uh, chapter six around the 15 verse and it talks about how you know he we know that jesus performed all these miracles and the multitudes they came to him i mean multitude we don't even know necessarily how many a multitude yeah. is i mean we we know the five thousand he fed the five thousand but a multitude can be more than five thousand people yeah and so he did these miracles you know um the two fish the five loaves of bread and all of that and so he perceived that they were going to try to make him a king by force. Yeah. He was already a king, but I'll get into uh, that. He understood. Not only did he understand his identity, but he understood his assignment yeah. to the multitude. Mm-hmm. And so when he perceived that they were, you know, trying to do all these things, he departed mm-hmm. and went to pray. And, you know, I was just talking about how sometimes we need to withdraw. Yes. And that's okay. Yes. You know, withdrawing in withdrawing, you know, it's it's for you to be refreshed and yes. revived and even reminded of who you are. Yes. But a lot of times when we think about withdrawing and we think about pulling away, we, we, we equate it to I'm going to just sit still. And if you sit still for too long, you'll become stagnant. Yeah. And withdrawing 
is not necessarily for you to become stagnant. Yeah. It's for you to be replenished so that you can go back to the multitude. That's good. Because you have an assignment to the That's multitude. So. Even even as we were speaking, when you said if you withdraw, you're not supposed to just stand still because you remain stagnant. Even as you said, in the scriptures, when Jesus withdrew, he was doing something. Right. He was praying. Mm -hmm. And I also loved how you were talking about the real authentic community is when the differences come together. And I'm thinking about the scripture where Paul said, um, when he's talking about the different functions of the body. Yeah. And he said, the the head can't say to the arm, I have no need of you. Right. Like, and, and I love that because it was just a revelation of the different, the different functions and the different facets, him using the human body as mm -hmm. a comparison, right. of course. But it shows that the hands, the elbow joints, the mm -hmm. shoulders, the knees, the feet, the head, the eyes, the ears, all of these things have different functions, right. but it's because of those different functions that we're all able to operate yes, sir. in the way that our body was designed to. Yes, sir. Like you don't see people with a body full of noses. Right. That doesn't make sense because that's not how the body was designed. Right. And the body can't function that way because mm -hmm. if it's just a sense of smell... Mm -hmm. How can you see? Mm -hmm. How can you taste? How can you walk? Right. How can you function fully to the full extent mm -hmm. of the way that God has designed for you to be? Mm -hmm. And when you talked about, it's even it's even breaking the limitation off of being comfortable with your own expression of God. There you go. In regards to what that looked like. Right. Um, because what it was is it, it, it breaks the limitation of you thinking that God could only come in to your own expression mm -hmm. and some of it could be tied to a deeper issue right so for me and i'll um i'll go back into my testimony a little bit mm -hmm. i grew up in a catholic school i went to a catholic school and um i faced a lot of racism mm -hmm. and you know that scarred me a lot and i didn't know how much it scarred me until i got saved mm -hmm. and what i recognized is for me i could only go to a church if it was a churchy church filled with black people. Right. And so I would cover it up to say it's boring mm -hmm. and it's not as jumpy. Mm -hmm. And honestly, the Lord confronted me and I realized it didn't really have anything to do with that mm -hmm. because whether if the music is slow or bumpy, mm -hmm. Jesus is still the same. Right. And if you know him from your, if you know him for yourself, you can still get involved with the worship. You can still get involved with the preaching, whether yep. it is an organ, behind the preacher mm -hmm. or whether if they're just teaching the text uh -huh. in silence right either way the word is the word, the word is the and word. if the spirit of god is moving then you should be able to receive right so the lord was like let's deal with this mm -hmm. you are saying that you cannot go to these churches that express themselves in a contemporary way because you think it's boring mm -hmm. but deep down inside you're offended mm -hmm. at a specific culture that harmed you mm. when you were in high school mm. let's take care of that mm -hmm. and so i think that those are a lot of things that need to be confronted in the body of christ mm -hmm. i always wonder that our unwillingness to accept different expressions of god if they correlate with a deeper root in our heart mm. that god wants to work out mm -hmm. so it's just something that's interesting to me but i wanted to ask you a question because you said something earlier okay you said that you can go to the church, but not be part of the church. Like you can go through the motions, but that doesn't necessarily that doesn't necessarily mean that you are in the church mm -hmm. of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I wanted to ask you, what does it mean to be in the church? What does it mean to be in the church? Well, you know, we just we think of. The church is just a building or just an organization, but the church in its original definition is the word Ecclesia, mm -hmm. <clears throat> which speaks of a group of people. Teach us, sir. And when you think about it, you know, the group of people, the church, the Ecclesia, you know, all of that, it is connected to the kingdom. Mm. It's connected to the kingdom. The church is just one of the expressions or houses of the kingdom, yeah. right? 
And so you could be a part of the church, you can be a part of the organization, you can be a part of the people, you can be there, not really have a relationship with God, not really be in the kingdom, because one way you'll notice is there's no fruit. Yeah. When you're in the kingdom, there's fruit. Yeah. Jesus gave us signs that would indicate to us that this is the kingdom. Mm. Demons would be cast out. Yeah. People healed, souls being yeah. saved, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And so when you are, when you get out of the mindset of I'm just going to church and you, and, and you say, you know what, I'm in the kingdom, then the fruit will be there. That's really good. Because in the kingdom, there is progression. Mm. You have people, and I was just praying this earlier. You know, I was saying, God, you know, help your people to get out of just the cycles of church. Because you can get into a cycle. And I said, help your people to come into the kingdom. Yeah. Because when you get into the kingdom, mm. there is forward movement. There is progression. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to ask, you always talk, we talk all the time. You say how God told you that you were different and to be different among the different. Mm -hmm. And I wanted you to sort of go into your, your your journey about walking with the Lord and just accepting your difference, accepting your uniqueness and what that was like for you. Okay. So... I can kind of intertwine some of my testimony into this as well, um, because that speaks and testifies of my difference. But um, to start by what you to start with what you said, um, when I came here, I came to Virginia. The Lord told me he told me very strongly, <laughs> you know, the Lord will speak to you real strong sometimes. Oh and he said. You are about to experience something that you've never experienced before so it's going to be different to you you're going to be in a different um a different region different church different people different culture different expression he said but in that i want you to remain different mm -hmm. among the different yeah and i'm like Okay, what does that even really mean? And I'm still learning what it means just by being here and being a part of the fellowship with, with everyone. But you have to get to a place where even in the midst of people that are all different, you still have to stay true to who you are. Yeah. Because when we immerse ourselves into different spaces and different cultures parts of us we assimilate and blend in with that culture and that's okay mm -hmm. that's fine but you don't want to assimilate too much to the point where you are no longer the original you mm -hmm. so that's something that i've learned and had to learn but my journey of difference where do i start i mean my life story is just different. <laughs> uh, and I didn't always see it that way. And I had to get to a certain age, I guess, and maturity where the Lord kind of took me back and started to show me all of my life up until that current point. Mm. And, um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I grew up single mother, father lives lived in an alternative lifestyle you know in the streets and things like that so he wasn't really present mm -hmm. um as i was being born my father was on the phone with my mother from the county jail as i was being pushed into the earth wow um i mean what else my mother has a health condition um where it would prevent her from even carrying children and so that was a miracle that I was even born. Yeah. And then my mother ended up having two other um, children after me. Um, I've always been different. I've never been interested in everything everybody was interested in. All my brothers 
and all my siblings they you know played sports and did all that kind of stuff I like sports I just never played sports I was into church yeah. I was a church boy from a kid I was yeah. you know I was into reading and art and literature and and I'm reading the newspaper at nine years old who does that like <laughs> all of that but even beyond that I've always had that I've always just been special my mom even told me that my family tells me that I was always that that different kid I've always had a knowing about things mm. had encounters as a kid <clears throat> all kind of things yeah. um, it's a long 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 story but coming to the place of accepting that came with trying to be somebody else and I failed good yeah that's good uh, especially you know as young men going through probably like middle school, high school, yeah. when everybody's starting to realize that they a man, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everybody want to try to prove themselves yeah. and prove their masculinity and be tough and all of that. Yeah. And I went through a lot of that. I mean, I, I was bullied. I was always fighting because mm. I had to. Yeah, um, that's real. Yeah, I'm, no, no, we ain't, we ain't doing that around here. Nah, I speak in tongues, but I'll knock if we buck. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But um, trying to be someone else, trying to fit in, mm -hmm. and there would be times where I could be in high school at a a get together, a kickback is what we used to call it. And we all drinking and doing whatever. And somebody's like, why are you even here? Wow. And that's like embarrassing. It was embarrassing at that moment. Did everyone see it? Or was it just a moment between you and them? There were instances where it was a moment between me and them. And then there was instances where it was just out there. Wow. Why are you even here? What are you doing here? Or even like my freshman year of college going to parties. Yeah. People looking at me like, ain't that the preacher boy? Ain't that the church kid? Wow. What are you doing in here? Mm -hmm. You know, and so I would try to fit in. I tried for a little bit and yeah. then it just, just, I always failed. Jesus. And so I was just like, okay, let me actually take the time to find out who Twan is. Yeah. And one of the first steps that I had to take to do that was I had to, because a lot of times our identity, our purpose, our destiny, a lot of times it's covered by a bunch of hurt and trauma Ooh. and life's experiences that kind of caused God's original intent for our lives to be buried and to be unseen. Yeah. And so I had to kind of dig through all of that dig through those traumatic experiences dig through the confusion the hurt mm. and the trauma to really get to the root mm. of who i am wow and so it's kind of like i had to tear myself down and allow the lord to tear me down to get to the foundation and then now i'm in that process still of being built back up mighty god that's so powerful. That happened to me too. Um, it was weird. And this wasn't, I was not saved, wasn't living for God at all. But people would just look at me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, and I look back at it and I'm like, why the world more prophetic than the church sometimes? Right. <laughs> yeah. That's why, real. Why can the world, why can the world see what's in me? sometimes more than the church even recognize what's in the church. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we don't even know what God has placed inside of people. Mm -hmm. And we're so nonchalant and dishonorable and just overlooking people. And we don't know who's sitting next to us. Mm -hmm. We don't know who's in the building. Mm -hmm. We don't know what God has placed inside of someone. And so it's just very interesting that people would come up to me and do the same thing. They'd be like, Jesse, what, what are you doing? You don't, People would t people would see me and be like, he doesn't belong with them. And it's like, why me? I was cursing just like everybody else. I was having sex just like everybody mm -hmm. else. I was doing everything else. Mm -hmm. But I still look different. Mm -hmm. And 
that's the that's the paradox you know and and it's interesting that you share your you know side of the story with you know you doing everything and still you know being different and yeah. people noticing me i couldn't even get that far jesus <laughs> i couldn't even get to the point of doing everything yeah it just never got you know he orchestrates things the way he does and he yeah. knows what you can handle and all mm-hmm. of that and so there were times where i planned I planned to do whatever I was going to do. Yeah. Fell flat on my face. Wow. He didn't even allow me to do certain things. Mm. Supernatural intervention. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Like how, and, and even when I think about that, was specifically my life, I ask myself, how can I do everything that everyone else is doing? Like you would expect for someone like you who mm-hmm. didn't even partake in it. Mm-hmm to be different that makes sense right but if you're wearing a red shirt and so am i mm-hmm. how am i how are our, our, how are our, our how are our outfits different mm-hmm. that is, that didn't make sense to me mm-hmm. and i guess it was just god's sovereignty i guess yeah. it's just what he's what he placed on me and people saw it yeah and i didn't even understand when i think about it now i'm asking myself like how did people in the world mm-hmm. have the capacity to see that because mm-hmm. it wasn't something natural right because if we were looking at the natural then i obviously belonged with these people mm-hmm. i obviously belonged with the parties mm-hmm. and the shenanigans that i was partaking in as a younger kid so looking at it naturally i was not out of place right so that it, it's weird mm-hmm. because these are people who aren't saved. Mm-hmm. They aren't sanctified. They ain't spoke one tongue mm-hmm. in their life. Like, you know, like, yeah. they don't know nothing about the prophetic. But somehow, some way, they were able to label something mm-hmm. about me. Yeah, that had nothing to do with my natural physique, the mm-hmm. way that I looked, the way that I, none of it, none mm-hmm. of my clothes, none of that. Right. But they were able to tell you this is not your territory, bro. You know, because God, He, He marks us. Yeah, he has a way of marking and putting uh, his hand on us and putting something on us that says, "No, he's mine." Mm. And no matter where you go, when the hand of God is on you and the mark of God is on you, everybody's gonna see it. Jesus, can't run from it. You can't run. From no it. matter how far you go, Ooh. you cannot run from it. It's good to me. I tried. Hi, yeah. And he kept backing me into a corner. Jesus. Until <laughs> couldn't run anymore. That's crazy. Yeah. So, everyone, Tuan is an amazing singer. Oh, my. I mean, he can sing his <laughs> behind off. Like, he's a gifted singer. And he also directs a choir. I do. So, Tuan is just involved with music. He knows if something sounds good. He knows if it don't. He knows if you hit in the heavens. My God. In the natural and in the spirit. Or if you're just hitting it in the spirit. My Lord. And either way, it don't matter as long as you're hitting it. Right. As long as you're heard. But. (laughs) (laughs) Mighty God. But I wanted to ask you, so your journey with singing. Mm -hmm. When did you start singing? So... I would say, for me, I didn't really start singing until I was about 13. Okay. But my family said I was singing. I started singing at about two. Wow. There are pictures pictures of me with a mic in my hand at two years old. Oh, wow. Singing. So. Jesus. Um. Yeah. I didn't really start getting into it until I was about 13, though. Wow. Yeah. So, when you started singing, um, was it ever a thought to you that... This is a gift that God has given me, and I have to use it to glorify him. Like, when you found out that, because you could sing. Mm -hmm. And so when you found out you could sing and you could do this very well, like, what was your instinct in how to use this gift? So, um, I think I, I started to realize it was a gift when I saw how people were blessed by my singing mm-hmm. um i kind of started off as a worship leader when i first started singing so i was leading worship and everything 
um, and just to see how people were being blessed by the ministry of me singing mm-hmm. um, really started to a lot of times we don't see ourselves sometimes it takes somebody else yeah. you know to tell you and then you realize I, I never really realized it um, until that and so um, yeah and then it was like okay not only am I gifted and I might be a little skilled to sing, yeah. but I'm anointed to sing. Yeah. And so when I sing and open up my mouth, something is being released that mm-hmm. blesses the people. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just started doing it, <laughs> going for it. Wow. Yeah. So how did you learn to be um, an effective singer for the Lord? Because you have people who know how to sing. Mm-hmm. They can hit the notes. Mm-hmm. Um, they can do all the riffs and the runs. But are they effective right. in regards to, to releasing the presence of God, mm-hmm. in regards to people, in regards to bringing God into a room? Mm-hmm. And so how did you learn, you know, by the leading of the Holy Spirit to be an effective singer when you led worship or when you sang background or whatever it was? Mm-hmm. So I had to look beyond like I said the skill of just knowing how to sing and ooh and doing all of that that's yeah. good and looking beyond uh, the performance aspect of it because you can get into performing and not ministering it's mm-hmm. good and um, honestly it just came through relationship with the Lord and relationship with the Holy Spirit and, and and having that privately yes having a, that private relationship with God so that when I stood publicly yeah, then the Lord could do mm. what he wanted to do because yeah. I have made myself a vessel That's good. and that comes with you know, just being dedicated in your relationship with the Lord and sanctification. Yeah. And living right. My God. Living as a pure vessel before the Lord. Yeah. You know, he delights in that. Amen. That's good. I'm glad that you said what you said. Um, I didn't know what you were going to say, but, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people, when it comes to certain things, we get very, very deep mm-hmm. for no reason. <laughs> and I love how you brought it back to the foundation of knowing the Lord. Mm-hmm. And in my previous podcast, in my previous podcast, I was talking about destiny and the meaning of it and how there are different intricate details that we all have, mm-hmm. right, as people of God in our destiny. Mm-hmm. But I remember reading the scriptures and it was basically saying how we were predestined to look like Christ, mm-hmm. to to conform to the image of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it's very, very interesting how when we spectate different people in the body of Christ, we see what they're doing mm-hmm. and we immediately associate that with destiny. Mm. And I always asked myself after reading that verse, I said, I wonder if even if you're doing the call or the duty that God has called you, mm-hmm. if you don't look like him, can you say you're in destiny? Mm, that's good. Can you even say you're in destiny? You're doing the duty and you're you're performing the call, but also gift and callings are without repentance. That's right. So, and honestly, the ability for the door to open to you first like you said, has to come with relationship, Mm -hmm. has to come with looking like him and knowing him. Mm -hmm. And so I just love how you talked about that because I think not even just with singing, but with any gift that God has given you um, to anyone listening, that's the foundation of it. Mm -hmm. The foundation is relationship with the Lord. Like, Mm -hmm. how can I glorify you with this gift? Mm -hmm. Whatever it is. Um, and I also love how you said living right, mm-hmm. sanctification. My God. One thing that the Lord has convicted me about a lot, as someone who prays and leads people in public prayer consistently, 
there was a lot of bitterness and unforgiveness that I had towards people mm -hmm. that I just needed to deal with immediately mm -hmm. because it just didn't feel right mm -hmm. being up there angry, mm -hmm. bitter, jealous, envious of people mm -hmm. in the church, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that repentance is just key. Mm -hmm. It's very important. Um, yep. And allowing God to sober you yeah. um, alone, mm -hmm. uh, confronting, allowing God to confront you alone. Yeah. And even when you were talking about don't find your identity in the multitude, that makes perfect sense because mm -hmm. it's contradictory to find your identity in a group of people. That's right. When identity is isolated, when 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 your identity is yours alone. That's right. Not anybody else's. Mm -hmm. And so I just love how you said that. Yeah. Um, we're at 50 minutes. So but I'm going to ask Tuan one last thing. If it was anything that you could say to my audience, any thoughts, um, any statements, whatever it is, mm -hmm. what would it be? I would um, say to you all and encourage you all out there that are listening to really take the time to know who you are. And the only way that you can know who you are is if you know Jesus. He is the giver of life he's the giver of the gifts he's the giver of purpose and the only way that you can be effective and find personal fulfillment in this life mm. is that you have to know the one that created you wow. and when you know the one that has created you you know why he created you yeah and what it is that you are supposed to do wow in this earth Wow. We all have a purpose. We all have a destiny. We all have identity. You just have to submit yourself to the process of finding that out. Mm. And it's going to come. It's not going to be easy. Yeah. It's going to come Very with difficult. dedication. Yep. It's going to come with great sacrifice. Yes. Um, and a little bit of compromise. Absolutely. You're going to have to really submit yourself to the process. But guess what? Even though it's going to come with a lot of things where you may feel as though you're being cut on every side and things are changing and things are being taken away from you. One thing that is going to come with is reward. Mm. It's going to come with reward. You know, God, he is, I was praying this in the shower, actually. God is a mysterious God. Mm. He's a God of mystery. Yes. And a lot of things um, we deem as deep and super mysterious and there's no way that I can know this and know that. He has made mysteries and the question, the answers to the questions that we have. He's made them available to them that seek him. Yes. He, the Bible says that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Yes. And so he gives us mysteries and answers as a reward to our seek. Mm. And so it's important to really seek God about who you are. I really believe that, you know, even coming into 2022 and, you know, in the years to come, Prophecy. that what we what God wants to do and what he is going to release is really coming to those and it's going to flow through those that recognize their identity as sons and daughters of God. Yes. The Bible says that the earth, the creation, it's groaning, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. <laughs> My Lord, we have to know that we are sons and daughters yeah. of God. And one way that you know that is you have to know who the father is. Mm. And so I just want to encourage you guys to really seek that out um, and go forth. Go forth in power. Go forth. And, you know, the Bible says that these people will know their God and they shall do what mighty exploits. Mm. We're trying to do all these things and because we're in a generation where. People are striving to do so much. My God. To be approved. That's good. Um, and to be validated. Yes. 
But you got to know God if you want to be great. Yeah. Point blank. You got to know God if you want to be great. We got people that, you know, want to be wealthy. We want money. We want cars. We want houses. We want the picture perfect social media marriage and relationship Mm. and family. But he's already given us the power to be great. We just have to know him. That power and that, you know, that authority that he gives us to accomplish. Yeah. It comes with relationship. That's good. And I'll say this and I'll be done. I was thinking about something on my way here. Um, and the Bible says in Deuteronomy 8 and 18, God was speaking to the children of Israel and he told them, he said, remember me. Yeah. Because I am the one that gives you the power to obtain wealth. Wow. <laughs> and I, I was just thinking about that. And I can break that scripture down so many different ways. But he started off with saying, I want you to remember me because I have already uh, released these things that I want to give to you. But I need you to remember who gave it to you. Yeah. Then he said, I'm going to give you power to obtain wealth. When we think about power, power is defined simply as the ability to do something. Yes. But with power comes ability and, and with power comes resources and provision god has already given you what you need yeah to obtain it yeah Ooh. Mm. he's already given it to you oh gosh so a lot of times we're worrying about oh how i'm gonna do this how i'm gonna do that he already gave it yeah. to you you just need to step into the ability that has already been provided to you but also with power comes responsibility. Yes. Because to whom much is given. Much is required. Much is required. And so because the Lord, you know, the Bible talks about in uh, Peter that he has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He's already yes. given it to us. Yes. And so now we have the responsibility to step into it and actually access what he's already given to yeah. us. And when you step into that responsibility, then comes authority. Yes. Now, there's a difference between power and authority. Yeah. Power is the ability, but authority is the right to use the power. The authorization. The authorization. Yes. And so he's already given us these things, and it talks about to obtain wealth. Wealth is not just money. Come on. Oh, God. Wealth is not just money. I can be wealthy making $65,000 a year. Ooh. Well, we'll, we'll we'll get into that later. I'm going to bring him back. I'm going to bring him back. I'm going to say a couple of things and then we'll end. The first thing, I love how you said people in society are just doing stuff and trying to occupy themselves. And I remember the Lord, he said, son, movement does not equate to progression. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Movement does not equate to progression. For example, if you're running a track race and you decide to run on a treadmill, you can be running the same speed as others on the track, but you will be going nowhere because you are on a machine that is not designed for you to travel. Mm -hmm. It's designed for you to move. My Lord. But if you run on the track, you will still be running and you will be moving, but you will actually be getting closer to the finishing point. Yes, sir. The second thing, when you said power, I love the way that you described it because it is the ability to do something. Henceforth, stop being lazy. Oh my. I'm reminded of the scripture where I think it was Peter where the man who was begging at the gate mm-hmm. called beautiful mm-hmm. and he was asking Peter for money. Mm-hmm. Peter says, silver and gold have I not, but in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, mm-hmm. get up and walk. Mm-hmm. What I love about that scripture is instead of Peter giving him the money, mm-hmm. he gave him the ability to walk. That's good. Jesse, meaning that he was able to now function to get himself a job. That's it. 
or to walk into an opportunity that could create financial freedom for him. That's good. Because he could not walk before. Mm -hmm. He was being sustained by other people's work because yep. he could not work. Uh -huh. But then when Peter comes and he's begging and he's asking for money, he says, instead of me sitting here and fulfilling your begging desire, I'm going to give you something so that way you no longer have to beg. And it would have been a lot easier for Peter to just give him gold mm -hmm. in the moment. Mm -hmm. It's a lot easier in the moment. Right. But when the gold ran out, he would have to ask somebody else. Right. Whereas because he can stand mm -hmm. and walk into an opportunity that is designated for him, mm -hmm. he can make his own finances. Yeah. And that's something that he would be able to have consistently in his life. But we're done because if we don't stop, we will go for another hour. Yeah. But I'm going to bring Tuan back because that revelation about wealth is not just money. Mm -hmm. We're going to go into that. Mm -hmm. But um, yes. So thank you all for listening. I really hope that you enjoyed the podcast and tune into the next episode. Love y'all. Be blessed. What is going on, beautiful people? I appreciate the listening and the support to the Christ Convo podcast. If you received any form of insight on this last episode, leave a review on Spotify, on Apple Music, whichever source you listen to this podcast. I will be back for a new episode. Stay tuned. Be blessed.